It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What a Tuesday, Alice Shattuck. I must tell you... Um, once again, holy Lord, the show, the production, the performance they put on at Five Dragons. Let me just tell you something. Mm-hmm. Anson Squad, they're like almost ready. Not quite ready, but they're almost ready to go to war. These guys are so, I, I cannot tell you how like, first of all, they ran them ragged, all sorts of core exercises, things with your feet where you have to spell the alphabet with your feet straight, all sorts of stuff that, that I've done in fat camps. It's very, it's very, t- oh, it's great. Push-ups galore. One kid d- defied the sensei and dared him to give him more push-ups. This is like out of officer and a gentleman. And they, the sensei said, <laughs> all right, 30, 40, 50, 60, all the way up to 100. And it was like the, you don't remember officer and a gentleman, but it's like the, I got nowhere else to go. It was it was crazy. It was entertaining, and the kids, a lot of them are on point. I can't believe they know these are all like five and six years old. Six years. Yeah, old. this is the four to seven class. They are getting it. They're getting it. Which kick is which kick? Uh, shouting loud, getting into formation. It is, it is absolutely working. So I will say that, as a guy who famously, famously, Alice, had doubts as to whether it was a good fit. It is a good fit. That's great. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It was. It was. It, it was. It was. I literally. Believe, I believe what you said is that Anson's mind is like flowered petals in a hurricane. <laughs> oh yeah. It's not. He's not. It's not like that anymore. He's been hardened a little bit. I can tell you. And you know, a part of my. Can you say check one two again? Check one two. Check one two. Check. Part of my concern was that you know, is that I was, a, a, very much as a kid, a softy wimp because my parents were divorced. So with my mother, I would be a wimp. Absolutely. I would have gone sideways. I would have been one of those kids who was like absolute, like falling to pieces, running to my mother. Mm-hmm. But if my dad had brought me to the class, I would have been straight and narrow. I would have been. <laughs> but yeah, there was one. One went, um, one uh, fell out today. It happens. It, happens. it, it happens. was our kid last week. Not, uh, the little not one, this yeah. kid, the, our younger kid. Yes. But man, it looked like fun. It was one of those uh, times. 
So I'm glad I'm glad we're doing it. It's not actually ads for it. It's just a, it's the freshest thing that's in my mind right now since I've come home. Since you it was, were just there, <laughs> I was texting you how exciting it was. It was yes. Just, uh-huh. Um. Okay. Now uh, another thing. Soon we're going to get into just an observation I made t- today while listening to Kirk Minahan's podcast, and just about what makes a good producer versus what Dave is. And I'll tell you, and I'll show you. No, no, no. I like Dave's been nothing but lovely to me. I realize that, Ellis. Okay. We, Dave and I have history. It's different. <laughs> I'm talking about Dave Cullinane. He's the producer of the Kirk Minahan Show. Dave and I have actually gone back oh, probably around 10 years from inception to... to uh, we've just worked with a lot of the same people. We've, um, we know a lot of the same people. And I work you know, with Todd Feinberg now. Dave's worked with him. I think Todd had good things to say about him. <clears throat> but, I mean, there's a classic leaving your host to die moment here that we'll get to in a little bit as well. As far as other news, so what's happening is, remember we talked about the trans situation in Vermont? Yes. Well, the the other girls are not allowed in the locker room now. The biological girls aren't allowed. The trans girl has the whole locker room. Right. And I had talked to Mary Margaret Olihan today from the Daily Signal. Mm-hmm. She's doing the best reporting on this. She's reached out to all of a bunch of the families, <clears throat> and now the father of the trans girl—I'm sorry, the guardian of the trans girl—who is not, I don't think, a parent, but is like married to the father, whatever it is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, her name is uh, Sivy, or is her last name? This is the guardian. Uh, yes. Okay. She responded to outrage from Randolph Union High School parents against the school in the Orange Southwest School District in which students are allowed to use the locker room bathroom that corresponds with her gender. Two girls in the bathroom volleyball team told the Daily Signal that the trans-identifying student entered their locker room while they were changing and would not leave unasked. These girls said the incident made them incredibly uncomfortable, noting that the student is biologically male with male genitalia. Asked to address the student's discomfort... Sivy suggested the girls ask themselves what it would feel like for them to have their bodies not match their brains if they, quote, woke up one morning and had different anatomy. So it seems to me, Alice, that the girls asking how somebody else would feel is a little more of a practical ask. Then asking them to take a journey if you suddenly woke up and their body didn't match your brains and you suddenly had different anatomy. Yeah. I would say that that's a little bit less of a massive hypothetical. Right. One person, one party, the majority here is living in reality. The other party is undergoing a... Mental health crisis. Correct, correct. So that's fine. But this woman, I mean, sorry, this guardian. So she says, what would that feel like for them? She asked. Well, and it's tough to know, but you can say this one thing that any reasonable person would say, wow, I feel like that I should be a girl. But there are real girls and society tells us that they should have privacy and feel safe. Well, and also, the things aren't mutually exclusive, right? Like, you can have sympathy for somebody who's trans and is going through what is obviously a very distressing 
life circumstance or nobody would do it if if they weren't under a lot of distress. Like, I really think that that's what's going on here. It clearly having this gender dysphoria is very upsetting for the people that have it. Obviously, that's clear. And you can have sympathy for people who have gender dysphoria and also, you know, let the girls feel comfortable in their own locker room. They're not two right. separate. They don't have to. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Right. Like you can let those girls have privacy from who they perceive to be men. But when they're living their truth. Right. And it's interesting. There was a case recently. I'd have to look up the exact details, but I think it had to do with prisons. And I forget if this was like the Supreme Court See, now I, I'm forgetting the details, but this was in a prison and it was a Muslim man in the prison who uh, was being treated by a trans doctor or something. And it was something, but he he won his case that for religious freedom that he perceives the person to be a woman and he can't have a woman per- see him naked, basically, was the essence of the thing. Yep. Right. Even though that's not their truth, that's his truth. And so, I mean, like, there is... There is a balance of rights to be had here because you can't make everyone believe what you believe to be true. Because this is fundamentally a a metaphysical belief that you have about the way the universe is, that you're a girl, right? And you just can't make everybody else believe that. And they're trying to like do this stuff. The Atlantic had one a couple weeks ago. Now I just saw that I think it's Vice had another one, one of these... You know, oh, actually, boys aren't even better at sports. That's just from the misogyny. Right. And And in fact, if you look at the old uh, Hibernians, it was the women who were better. Well, right. Like, we have serious publications trying to actually make a case that the reason women aren't in the men's sports teams is just because they've been held out. Like, I mean... What are we actually right. doing? So let me here? continue with this. This is the Guardian, Civi, the lady of the trans kid. Civi accused. Now listen to this, Alice. If this isn't a nice uh, turn, Civi accused parents of quote sexualizing their children to serve their own agenda. Civi accused parents of sexualizing their children to serve their own agenda, <laughs> insisting that her trans identity child is, quote, trying to be a kid, just trying to be herself and have a good time. A girl like any other girl, but born in the wrong body. Well, a girl, Alice, that's born in the wrong body is called a what? A boy. Correct. Because that's the definition of boy and girl is it has to do with bodies. And these are teenagers now, the volleyball team. And so they're still kids, but their bodies are changing. Right. Sexuality is happening, or at least, you know, the accoutrements of that, the everything that comes with that. You know, a, a, a realization, whatever people have, is happening mm-hmm. as a young teenager, right? She continues, my daughter is transgender, she continued. That has nothing to do with her sexual preferences or interests. She's only 14 years old. Well, 14 years old for a lot of kids... For boys, that's old enough to have sexual interest in young women. Well, yes. And yes, it is. A lot of people... I would say that 14-year-old boys have interest in things like that. Yes. That has nothing to do with her sexual preference or interest. She's also only 14 years old, and that's not where she's at right now. She's trying to be a kid, trying to play volleyball, just trying to be herself and have a good time. 
and parents of these children want to bring sex into it. And that's so also disturbing and further traumatizing because I don't want my child to be forced to think about sex. That's not where she's at right now. This is too cute by 500 times. Yeah. You're pushing, the one who's... Just pushing this full burden on them as if they're the ones who are being sexualizing her. Now it tells me that they, they were accusing the girls of bullying. This lady is doing all the damage. This is the one who convinced the dude that he's a girl and now is convincing him he's being abused at school. It is like super bold, though, to just go on total offense and say, no, you're sexualizing my kid. My son needs to be in the locker room with the girls, and the problem is you. You're the problem. You've caused this. Right. Like, what happened? Like, it's, a, it's a strong turnaround, I would say. Yes. The girls <laughs> who spoke with the Daily Signal alleged that the student who identifies as a transgender watched while they and their teammates were changing in the locker room. They also alleged that the biologically male trans-identifying student said, my male instincts are kicking in, referring to another female student's breasts. And said of a female student who had spoken to a local outlet about the situation, I'm going to effing kill someone before allegedly adding, I effing hate that girl. So back to Civi. The things my child is being accused of is implausible at best, she said in the Facebook message Monday. And this is the truth about why the locker rooms are closed to the team right now to protect my child and her allies from being harassed any further. Her whole strategy is just projection. Everything she's guilty of. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and it's so telling, too, because, you know, assuming that, that that is what the kid said, like, my male instincts are kicking in or whatever. Like, it's so obviously, like, the type of thing that guys would think girls act like when they joke around. Like, right. you're a guy dressing up as a girl and playing a girl like you think girls act when they're together naked in their locker room, but that's not what girls really do, you know? So it's it's clear that's what's going on here, that this is a young man who is confused and I don't know what his sexuality is or whatever, who knows, um, but is, you know is living out a fantasy of what he thinks girls are like. Right. So here's here's the last <clears throat> civvy quote. You tell me if this is a giveaway. This is a Facebook post from The Guardian. White privileged cishet girls are used to getting what they want and getting away with it, the trans-identifying student Guardian said in the Facebook message. Oh, I certainly didn't realize how much privilege I've been afforded in my life until the full extent of the bigotry of this town has made my child afraid for her life and reluctant to go to school every day now. Uh, do you think, by the way, knowing Vermont, I don't know what this particular town is like in Vermont, but would you say that it leans right or leans left? I think this town leans left. Yeah. Most of Vermont leans left. So, I mean, I think it's interesting that this is happening there where it's like people are so accepting and all this stuff and like yes vermont is very white this is true but i mean like this is the most tolerant area that you're gonna find for stuff like this right. probably in the country is places like vermont right so so maybe, and you're making the girls well, uncomfortable i mean this this person this civvy person is certainly an activist if one kind or another is using all the language has everything mm -hmm. like that you know i didn't even know cishet was something 
but she's so far deep into this stuff that she, you know, abbreviates and stuff. It's just, it's, I mean, this, <clears throat> this is all going to have to be sorted out because if we have to make a new <clears throat> girls team for just new girls, somehow the civvies of the world are going to want to pursue that and want to be part of that. But as far as I can see, girls should have the right to just have a place for biological girls girls to be. Because they should. Because it's common effing sense. Because girls just need protections. If not, if not, if Civ if Civi is right then, then that's fine. I, I, I have no problem well, with it. But, mean, but hold on. But but I, when I go to Planet Fitness from now on, I'm sashaying right into that girl's room. If nobody's at risk for anything... Well, right. I mean, like, why do people think we've historically had boys and girls locker rooms? Like, they're trying to make the case for girls sports now that it's like sexism is why we've had girls sports. So I'm curious to hear, like, what the reason is why we've separated boys and girls locker rooms and bathrooms and stuff in the past. Like, is that just segregationist now? Like, for mm -hmm. no reason whatsoever? Like, we just separated these things? Because that's really what they're trying to do. Is that they're saying that, you know, people are, people are the same and there's no reason and we've just randomly chosen to assign gender based on something the doctor guesses at birth and like, so, so why, why are we separating the locker rooms then and the bathrooms and all this stuff? But if that's really what you believe, then that's the logical conclusion that you're going to get to, right? That is correct. All right, let's check out the Biden administration. This is Secretary of Education from uh, Connecticut, as a matter of fact, Miguel Cardona, sitting next to Joe Biden today. Thank you, Mr. President. I share your grave concerns about maintaining access to contraception and reproductive health services on our college campuses and ensuring there's accurate, reliable information for students and for educators. Students need access to health care to thrive in school and in life. And that includes reproductive health care. Ghouls. Yeah. All right. KJP. And there are consumers now in California paying six forty one a gallon for gas. Nevada, five fifty one, Oregon, five forty six. Who can afford that? And we understand that. That's why the president worked so hard the past several months uh, to make sure that he did everything we can uh, to bring gas prices down. We have seen fastest. I know you're pulling out uh, a couple of areas across the country, and I get that. And we understand that there's more work to do. We have never said uh, we were done here. Uh, we have always been very clear that there is more work to do. But we have seen, the reality is, we have seen the fastest decline in gasoline prices in over a decade. That's because of what this president President has done. And again, oh. prices going down by more than a dollar uh, per gallon. And these are real savings. You're talking about $100 per month in savings for average family with two cars. You can't, you can't keep the straight face gaslighting while reading the note saying we have seen the fastest decline in 10 years. Yeah, we saw the fastest increase and then the right. a little that's bit the of the whole, fastest decline. Right, that's the whole then, point, <laughs> is it's been the fastest increase. And that's what's hurting. But you can't tell Americans who see the pump every day. And you've got this weak flack here 
saying, no, 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 no. You're totally Well, yeah, listen wrong. to the other question he asked her on this. Uh, loved ones, and so that's what you're going to see uh, again tomorrow. And also, you saw that yesterday in, in Puerto Rico. Thanks, Reed. You've said the president was responsible for gas prices coming down. Is the president responsible for gas prices going up? So it's a lot more nuanced than that, right? Um, Peter, you know this. Uh, there have been global challenges that we have all have de- dealt with. When I say all, meaning other countries as well have dealt with since the pandemic. There's been pandemic and there's been uh, Putin's war. And Putin's war uh, has uh increase gas prices at the pump. We have seen that over the past several months. And what the president was able to do, uh, he took some historic steps when you think about the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and making sure that he, we were able to do everything that we can to bring that cost down uh, for American families, give them a little bit more of a breathing room. And we saw that. We saw that every day this summer uh, over a, uh, saving American families over a dollar per gallon. And so that is what the president is going to continue to stay focused on, to our cons- American consumers. How do we continue uh, to, keep, uh, to keep prices down? That's why we we did the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. That's why we talk about the CHIPS Act. All of these things are going to help Americans here in this country. And there are concerns. So the prices are, he's responsible for them going down, but not up. Correct. So, but here's one of the problems. This is why this is a terrible messaging shop that they've got at this White House, is that this gives Democrats in local races no good answer. Right. Doesn't give any. They can't do what she just did. They don't have her trapper keeper full of BS about the well, part of yeah, Putin's and war and the chips like act Kareem. and this and that. They just, but they don't, they're not giving him, they're not, they're, the White House is not doing messaging that can be used down on tickets in states. So usually you would get this. You would get the DNC and the Congress, et cetera, you know, sticking to talking points. When they're good, clever talking points, like the war on women, the, you know, those get. To, adopted locally immediately and become part of the vocabulary for people on the left. But this stemwinder of nonsense from a scared person, Corinne Jean-Pierre, is not usable. Right. So what do you say? You have given... she They've delivered no defense of the administration and thus the Democrats altogether to local candidates. So what does a local Democrat say when they say, my gas is costing me a hell of a lot? You're going to have a local Democrat at a town hall say... Um, you know, thanks to the CHIPS Act and other things and Putin's invading Russia, we've managed to push down. That's a, people want to know the question to why is gas so freaking expensive and what are you going to do? And how come it was less expensive under Trump? The answer can't be this ribbon in the wind of nothing. It can't be because <laughs> you're not answering like people. Then. And- you're not answering like people then. Mm-hmm. But the gas prices, those are real. Those aren't fluttery, nuanced, conceptual, uh, you know, streams of conscious, you know, conscience, Con- consciousness, consciousness. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's just so it's it just it makes me a little worried that there's nobody smart enough there. Well, what's Ron Klain doing? I mean, like, don't. He's retweeting any piece of news he sees. <laughs> I mean, like, who's in charge of who's in the communication shop? First of all, how much longer is Kareem Jean-Pierre going to be there? How can they keep doing this for this long? They can't. It can't be the same calendar year as the historic first hiring. 
Saki said she, you know, a lot of people in the writer are saying, oh, look, at Saki knew when to get out. Saki said she was getting out. She yeah, she said longer. she would do a year. Right. And yeah, so I guess she has to stay a year, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Yeah, but she didn't say she's only staying. She's a historic first. She should be, she's younger. She should be thriving. Oh, the administration's got to be Who's better? Out. Who is there? I mean, you could get the guy, Mike Kirby, over from the Pentagon, which they used to do. I mean, I'd be better. <clears throat> I don't know. I like, I, I, there's, there have to be, there has to be someone who can defend this better than that. I don't know. I just think. It I is... mean, I understand their administration is completely indefensible, which is making her job a lot harder. But like Saki was way better at it. And Saki wasn't great. I think people forget how good the good ones really are. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> Kaylee McEnany was awesome. True, but she was fighting off, uh, you know, phaser blasts with a lightsaber the whole time she was there. So, I mean, she she could flack, like, she she just had more, she was more dexterous than anybody we've seen, really, because she was taking so much incoming. Mm-hmm. But she was also a flack, there's no doubt. The left oh, looked at yeah. her and said, my God, everything she's saying is a horse bleep that's been... A, but she also had, she certainly, and they... She had a hard, hard job to do as well because the communication shop was chasing the president constantly mm-hmm. and who know where he'd go. I mean, he could contradict himself in this f- same 10 minutes. Right. So Kaylee was good, I think, because the same reason... Well, uh, they have the same problem, too, with Biden. Yes, yes. he could go out there and say anything and you don't know. Right, uh, right. What was she saying the other day about him? Oh, as a top of mind when he was looking for the dead <sighs> person. <sighs> yeah, no, that is tough stuff. That is, um, it's it's... It's not great. What else is going on? So I'm really excited because it's seeming like the Elon Musk Twitter deal is back on. <clears throat> I saw that today and I don't know. How is it all out back on? Isn't everybody because, suing everybody? Well, yeah. So they were suing him to make him still take the deal. And they have been doing discovery. <laughs> and the other day they released a bunch of his texts with people about their plans for Twitter, which... Got everybody all wigged out. And then he said, I guess because he's seeing that this is like a personal crusade against him. He also took a bunch of heat because he said something mildly lukewarm about Russia, I guess, or whatever. And it got a bunch of He said they, even should, though, they should come to a peace arrangement. Yeah. So, I I mean, and he gave the Ukrainians a bunch of Starlink stuff. And I, like, he's not pro-Putin guy, right. but the left is all upset that he didn't, you know, wave the blue and yellow flag hard enough or whatever. So they went after him for that. And like he was saying, he said on Twitter that it was, seemed like the biggest bot attack he'd ever seen or whatever. And I don't know if he's just, he'd been in Twitter exchanges recently too um, with the Rumble people because they were asking him to look into it saying like there's not going to be any more free speech you have to do something about this blah 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 so i don't know it seems like whatever happened he had somewhat of a change of heart he is overpaying for twitter probably uh, at 44 million dollars but um but he said essentially like fine i'll i'll take the stupid deal and twitter said great sign us up and so they halted trading on the stock and they're apparently it's back on so twitter had been having this i mean somebody tweeted today that they were like in the middle of doing all their like planning for 2023 meetings and that everything's like up in the air now because they weren't expecting the deal to be back on and it is now and 
I mean, there's like a huge freak out on the left at the moment about this. So, I mean, like this reporter, you know, this guy, Ben Collins at all. He's a senior reporter at NBC News. No. Who? Ben Collins. Uh, sounds familiar. See, he's one underscore on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. For those of you asking, yes, I do think this site can and will change pretty dramatically if Musk gets full control over it. No, there is no immediate replacement. If it gets done early enough, based on the people he's aligned with, yes, it could potential. It could actually affect midterms. See what he's right about? So I'm hearing people say this deal could close in like a week. Th- like Can you we're read that, that again? Because I'm thinking I'm missing something. So this is what he writes. For those of you asking... Yes, I do think this site can and will change pretty dramatically if Musk gets full control over it. No, there is no immediate replacement. If it gets done early enough based on the people he's aligned with, yes, it could actually affect midterms. (laughs) That's great. So the senior reporter at NBC News is concerned that if people take over Twitter who are anti-censorship, that... right. People might not vote oh the right God, way in the midterms. That's like the Google lady from last night. And he goes on like this. He has a whole thread here. If Musk is really taking this site private, there are no real guardrails anymore. Rulemaking. No can- guardrails. That's great. <laughs> Rulemaking can be capricious. He can elevate any idea or person he wants through recommendations and UX choices, and there will be no oversight on this as a private company. All of a sudden now, it's super important that there be oversight on the censorship yes. of, of the private company because every, it was all, this is a private company. They can do what they want for years and years. We've been hearing this about the social media companies. And plus, like, sorry, lefties, you still have Google, which is also YouTube. You still have Facebook. You still have, like, all the other tech companies. You have Apple. You have everybody. You literally have everyone. Right. There can't As, be there yes. can't be one social media company that's run by people who believe in free speech and are conservative. That's not that can't no. be. It can't. No. We can't. Google have, has to work with the UN for climate <laughs> uh, search results. Twitter is too important. There's no replacement. We know from Musk's private texts he talks with people who want to let Trump back on and make a Blake Masters type of VP of enforcement. Masters is a far-right Senate candidate backed by Facebook founder and Trump donor Peter Thiel. In those Musk texts, the redacted senders and recipients lay the groundwork for a, quote, war and a battle after Musk takes over Twitter, a coordinated pressure campaign that will lead to the deplatforming of political enemies. No, nobody's ever heard of that before. Who could? Where could they have gotten the idea that social media could be used to deplatform people whose politics you don't like? Who could ever? <laughs> where? Where could that have come from? No I can't possibly imagine. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. What does this look like in the short term? Abandonment of traditional moderation policies. Stuff like Pizzagate, pushed by bots and liars, will be protected. Disinfo campaigns will top trending topics and drive news cycles. Authoritarian governments will have a field day. Actually, I think authoritarian governments will be in more trouble than ever. In the long term, Musk's plans for this website are a suicide bomb. Whoa. Very few people want to use a moderation-free app saturated with lies by design. We know this from the dozens of Twitter clones who've tried and failed, but he seems dead set on taking bad advice from bad people. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that fantastic to openly show that the, the bias has been so baked into everything this guy has done that he thinks that he's at, at sea level and has no idea? Right. Totally. He thinks that he's... <clears throat> and Matt Iglesias essentially, like, poo-pooed some of this. And he basically said, like, well, that's an uninformed take, but I'm a person who actually reports on this for a living. <laughs> like, imagine thinking right. that you're... Can we get to my uh, my Cullinane thing? Okay, fine. So this is... I liked your thing, too. I just thought we were done. Okay. So, listening to the Kirk Minahan show today, and there was a, a part of it that, where they were having a good conversation about movies. They were talking about the Billy Eichner thing. Oh, okay. And how people didn't aren't not seeing the movie anymore. And Kirk made the point that the days that people are going to go out and watch a movie like that, dudes and bros, et cetera, mm-hmm. wherever that is, yeah, those days are over. People can see that perfectly comfortable in their houses and you know and get it on netflix and watch with their buddies you don't need to see that with uh, you know the freaking dolby deluxe x max sound etc people will go out and see x-men in top you Gun. don't want to see the orgy the gay orgy well, in imax 3d well i do and that's different <laughs> but people will go out and see you know the, the big blockbusters big cgi films essentially mm-hmm. the action movies We'll go out and see that because those, you know, that experience is still kind of unique to those places, right. and I think that, that that's right. Um, and then he, then he also said that like it's no, you know, twenty years ago or fifteen years ago. Well, some of my friends went to a movie theater like a month ago. They went to go see Top Gun, mm-hmm. and it was cr- it was full. Yeah, Top Gun is yeah exactly. You're making the point, making our point. People will go to the theater to see Top Gun. There you go. You have Sally Shattuck's testimonial in this. That it was full, and I saw it too. And we know that the movie made a ton right. of money. So, but so the days of like there being big screen draws that are more like individuals are kind of kind of over. Right. So, for instance, you're not seeing like comedies like there used to be, like uh, old school or whatever. That those don't need to be done on the big screen. Those days are over. Mm-hmm. You know, and because there's no real market, I'm expounding probably badly on what he's saying, but there's no there's no market for. You know, to see Will Ferrell on the big screen or to see, like, the guys from SNL currently on the big screen that they're not really on the big screen. Right. You know. Um, and then Dave brings up the point of, so you're saying now, so you couldn't do essentially a um, Wedding Crashers today. Mm-hmm. To which, so to which Kirk says that the, there's no Wedding Crashers of today. There's no movie like that today. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. 
So, so, so that's where we are. Okay. Okay. And the reason we bring this up is because there needs to be when you're a, a good producer and you're working with the host, you need to be beaded in on what he's saying and listening to what he's saying and gathering it and processing and communicating back so that you guys can walk the conversation down the court together. You know what I mean? Okay. So now there are times as well when the host will, as he's walking to the court, the ball down the court, mm-hmm. will pass to the producer who seemingly has been coordinated and is, is synchronized with the host. But sometimes that producer is totally out to lunch and the ball, as he looks aimlessly around, sails out of the out of the court into the stands and the play mm-hmm. is over. Um, there are times when... I'm going to use one more sports analogy. When, okay. okay, so Tom Brady says hike, you know, goes back. The, the wide receiver runs up the sidelines, cuts right... And Tom Brady throws it directly to where he thought the guy was and should be, but he's not down the field anymore. The guy, well, I guess guys cut, because he's cut right. So there's total miscue, and it ends the play. So here's a classic example. This is going from today's show. Okay. This totally jumped out of me. Here we go. Oh, sorry, sorry. To your point, he's just unknown. Like the only, I think. Yeah. The younger people demographic might remember him from demand. Parks and Rec, really. They don't remember him really from Billy nope, nope. If you ask 100 people outside right now who he is, maybe one would know. Particularly yeah. by name. Right. And then yeah. if you were like, it's this guy. You'd be, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. Five. I don't yeah. even think five would know that. It's just like, it's not yeah. that big of a deal. Like, I mean, a couple of million people watch it. That's great. But it's a big country. Like, it's not. It's dead. That genre. People go into theaters to see that kind of movie is dead. People go see uh, Black Panther 2. People will go see uh, uh, the Avatar sequel. People will go see Top Gun. People are not going to go to theaters when you can watch that very comfortably on your television and be no worse for it. Is your argument, too, that no comedy would make that amount of money nowadays? Like, in general? Pretty much. The kind of money like Top Gun made? Made $700 million? No, not like that. But just like, I don't know. Wedding crash. So far, he's about to say wedding crashes. So far, they're moving the ball down the field together, mm-hmm. right? Working together. Working together. So Dave says, no, like wedding crashers. Crashers or some shit. Like, who, who are those stars Well, again, now? they would... Kirk says... Who are those stars now? Like, who are the stars like they had in Wedding Crashers now? Right. Right? You have to do that, though. If a, mo- if a comedy was going to make money, it would have to be Wedding Crashers 2. It would have to be a yeah. sequel or but something even that's that, been done, but even or a that, remake. But even that, nobody's like, nobody's, Wedding Crashers 2 came out, it wouldn't, I mean, it would make like 40 million. Right. Yeah. Nobody's going to go. So those, exactly. Those stars are dead. Like, those stars aren't made anymore. Those stars are dead. Those stars aren't made anymore. Well, right. There was just, uh, uh, he mentioned it too, I think, like the... J-Lo movie with Owen Wilson exactly. in it. Those stars are dead. Those stars aren't made anymore. You don't have Vince Vaughn. You don't have uh, Luke Wilson or the other Wilson. Owen Wilson. Owen well, Wilson. and the point is they're not them anymore either. Like well, Owen Wilson was just in a movie and it didn't make any money. Right. But there are, there. there is no. There's no one as big now as they were then. Right. Because those, those course, those personality, it, but like, those personality types aren't accentuated on the big screen anymore because they don't need mm-hmm. to be because it can fit right in the small screen. You know, Ted Lasso is right on Netflix, right? I think he's on Netflix. Yeah. So you don't, you know, it, they're not on the big screen. 20 years ago, somebody like that or the same premise would probably be on the big screen. Okay? Mm-hmm. So listen to this. Who is, in 2000, we did this the other night, 2022, who is Vince Vaughn? 
in 2022, who is Vince Vaughn? They did this the other night. So who is today's Vince Vaughn is what he's saying. Right. In 2022, who's Vince Vaughn? He could also say, like, in 2022, um, who's uh, Ben Stiller? Right. Right, you know? Because there's not an equivalent of Vince Vaughn or Ben Stiller out there. So he says that that's moving the ball down the court. He says that to Dave. In 2022, who's Vince Vaughn? Listen to Dave's response. That sends the ball flying into the stands (laughs) and ends it. In 2022, who's Vince Vaughn? There is no Vince Vaughn? That's the right answer. Here's Dave, though, is crunching all the incoming data that Kirk's giving him. And this is what he comes up with. Nobody. Right. Yeah, he's playing poker. There isn't a movie. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? He's playing poker? Yes. Maybe he, he thought he said, playing, where, where is No, Vince he Vaughn? didn't say. No, he didn't say where is <laughs> I know he didn't say where is he so thought, Maybe he heard him He literally, no, no. He literally dispelled... All of the compiled data that would have shown him a pattern of what Kirk was saying. And so when Kirk says in 2022, who's Vince Vaughn? Dave thinks to himself, well, he's a poker guy now. Those stars are dead. Like, those stars aren't made anymore. Who is, in 2000, we did this the other night, 2022, who is Vince Vaughn? Nobody. Right. Yeah, he's playing poker. There isn't a movie. He's playing poker. No, no, no. We're not talking about the actual Vince Vaughn. Yes, he is playing poker. He hangs around in Cancun a lot. You know, um, he does hits on on the Larry David show. We know that Vince Vaughn. He's simply asking who is the new Vince Vaughn. Right. And nothing. And, you know, as somebody who was a producer, and I, you know, I, I would never be the producer for that show, and I couldn't be the producer for any show anymore. But that is a clear miscue. Clear miscue. And I feel bad because Kirk throws something out there. He threw it where it was supposed to be. Dave is nowhere to be found. He's thinking that t- about poker right now. Kirk's talking about movies. Maybe he misheard the question. There was no time at all when Kirk made, made a transition from what's been what, what, to from what happened to movies. What to, is where is Vince yeah. Vaughn nowadays? What is he up to? How's his weight? Because first he was thin and swingers, and then he said, "No, that was not what this is about." Anyway, you know what? I'm not going to cast aspersions at my friend David. I think he does a nice job in the show. It's just once in a while, there's a difference. I'm obviously a good producer because I picked up on that. And David's a bad producer because Kirk... I thought you don't even want to be a producer. I don't want to be, but I am forced to be a producer. I produce this show, do I not? And you do too. Mm -hmm. um... All right, so we're ready for the chat chat. Uh, we have a couple questions in the chat here, oh, too, okay. as well. Um, uh, John Stewart asks, uh, he says, your hair is great, and do you have product that you can recommend? For Thank you. Hair? Thank you, John. I cannot. I, you know what? I washed my hair today at uh, right before the show, my radio, the other radio show starts. What happens is, this is really pathetic. I don't. I have obviously given up mostly on my appearance. but uh, <laughs> So I, run, I, I take a shower. I comb my hair in one direction. And it um, it's just this is just what we've got because when I wake up, since I wear a CPAP machine, it like frizzles my hair as if I've been in a like sauna for six hours, and so I've I try to do something. I, I just I just wash it. There was a time when I was maybe when we were first dating that maybe I used hair. I don't know, I don't know. I've long since let myself. I think go. I've bought you hair products. Before oh yeah, yeah, yeah too, that's right. But... That's right. Well, no, we don't. I, mean, I have no. 
And also, this is a bad haircut, but thank you. I'll accept those compliments. Uh, again, again, I go to the I go to the poor people's haircut place, and sometimes I get a really bad haircut. Like this is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. But thank um, you. That's okay. Sometimes I go to the expensive haircut place and also get a bad haircut. Yeah. So I mean, like yeah. I don't know. It's I don't have any faith in in any of that. You just yeah. have to find a good person that you like and then follow them. But I, I also don't get my hair colored or anything, so yeah. I'm not as particular. Like, if, if you're getting it colored, then you need a little more expertise and and yeah. more and people are more picky about what they get. I just get my hair cut, like, not yeah. even that often, like, twice a year. Well, another thing that, that happens, Alice, is that once, like, when, you've, when you're going white, like a lot of my hair is, mm-hmm. is it like the white stuff is more like fishing line. It's not even like hair. Yeah. So it doesn't really behave like hair. Yeah. Trish wants to know how much money is in the parking meter now. Oh, we how had a controversy. My, set, my daughter put a plug nickel into the parking meter. I think it, she put in a penny. She put in a penny. I think she put it the wrong way. Anyway, she's tried to find a way to get around play, paying. But there's at least probably 46 cents in there. Nice. So I am doing pretty well. No complaints. It's working better than ever. The light is beautiful. We may get another, a different uh, lamp shade. Yeah, yeah, we're thinking about the shade choice. This is just one that was around the house. Um, Morgan says Dave is an NPC. Yes, he is. He is non-player character. He uh, Dave is absolutely a soulless thing. Let me tell you what happened. He's not very kind. Else, do you know Dave? <laughs> he's not soulless. He's got zero soul. He's he been has very zero... nice to me. <sighs> he has a, the ability to emote and to transact in the simplest human way and to break a <laughs> smile. Alice. But this the show that he was doing in the morning, the um, the hits, the hits, that was a soul the show for the soulless. It was pointless. It was <laughs> everything on it was bad. The music was bad. It was different shout outs. It Maybe was, it brought him joy. I don't know. I'm he doesn't have joy. <laughs> How do you he know? has because he's a grown man who complains about asthma. He doesn't have he doesn't have joy. And he tried it by the way. He you tried, have an asthma inhaler downstairs. All right, but I don't use it. And I don't need help with breathing at night or anything. <laughs> but Dave is a non-player character. Absolutely, uh, John. I completely agree. That's Morgan. Oh, Morgan. Sorry about that. And, and let me tell you something. I have this vision, and I'll mention to I'll mention this to Kirk if they if they have my mind again. If a bullet came through the window during the show's recording, a stray uh, Watertown uh, Bloods vs. Crips bullet went through the window. <laughs> okay. And hit Kirk in the head, and he slunk down dead. <laughs> as if it had been practiced, Alice. If this, okay. as if it had been practiced, Dave would <laughs> matter-of-factly walk past Kirk, <laughs> unplug his microphone, walk to his computer, calmly, no emotion because he's a non-player character, and he would be, he would beginning writing a uh, email that starts like this: Ryan Whitney at Barstool dot com. <laughs> Dear Ryan, tragically, <laughs> Kirk has been struck down by a bullet. Meanwhile, there's still a chance to save Kirk. No, no, no. He's writing this email. He is looking for the next place to be, and that is with the spitting checklist guys. Okay. Which is another. Uh, if you guys want to, don't know. It's a it's a big barstool hockey, uh, hockey um, podcast. Which that guy Ryan Whitney, mask guy, is awesome. And we'll be working with Dave Cullinane probably in a year. You. 
You can <laughs> say things else. <laughs> well, you shut me down when I say things. No. <laughs> you just keep saying how nice Dave is. Well, I, that's been all the experience I've had with him is he's been perfectly fine. He's, I haven't had any bad experiences with him. So. He's fine to me too, Alice. But if you put a mirror up to his mouth while he's running the show, it will not fog up. <laughs> There's nothing going on. He's not alive. <laughs> That seems a little extreme. He's not. I, he's not. He's not. He's not like a pernicious character that's causing deaths or anything like that. But you can walk in. When Dave walks by us, sometimes you will get a chill. The whole room will get chilly. <laughs> not, it is true. Jeez, it's true. Oh, well, I'm sure he'll ask you back really soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Someone asked if I'm going to be on the Kirkman Hand Show. I've not been asked on the Kirkman Hand Show, so I cannot answer that question. Well, I mean, if any, if everybody listening feels dirtier for the absolute tongue baths she's given Dave here, it's not a he's tongue the bath. sweetest guy ever. He's so nice to me. He's so nice to me. God, Stop. I say it's not a good fit. Obviously, you are free to do whatever you would like to. Whatever you'd like. To. I'm fine with it either way. It's fine. I would be very interested to see. And nothing. Forget it. I just would be interesting to see. Like there are times, like today when their podcast today, mm-hmm. there are things they were talking about that I simply would not be able to join in the conversation. <laughs> I, but, I only listened to the very beginning because oh. you said you were going to talk about Dave or whatever. So, but I didn't oh, yeah. have time to listen to more. Yeah, I could have um, walked down the court on the um, movie part of it. And not brought up that Vince Vaughn was now playing poker. That part I could do. Yeah. But go ahead. But the preceding conversation to that? No. No? Okay. Oh, we, have to, we haven't even done the chat chat yet. Morgan says not to go on KMS. So, I yeah. I, I don't necessarily disagree. I don't know, like... All right. We haven't done the chat chat yet, dude. What are we, what are we doing here? Well, we were taking audience questions oh, yeah, from the live good. chat. That is great. And that's actually, that's just as good as, or if not better than the chat chat, actually. Are there any more live questions? That's it. Morgan said not to go on KMS. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you can do. You that's can your feeling, too. Well, I just don't, I don't see. I mean, do they have somebody like you on that? They don't. Generally speaking, no. No, there's never been anybody like you on that. I, 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 Which, can't, yeah, I can't imagine. I, it's fine. I can't imagine. I mean, I can't, as soon as they call your husband fat, I know you're going to fly off the handle in defending <laughs> defending me, Allison. You know, I, the imbroglio that would ensue actually would be probably a spectacle that you wouldn't want to be part of. So, hey, Tom and Alice, Aaron down in Florida. Hey, yeah. Uh, with your Kim K story, do you think it was payback for her working with Trump on the prisoner reform bill? Just a thought. No, I hear you, Aaron, and I kind of. I don't really think it was because it was really Kanye was the one all in on Trump. And I always thought she was kind of lukewarm to um, to Trump. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, they're both reality TV people, but I don't really think so. I don't know that Kim, uh, that you would attach that brand to Trump. I mean, yeah. And I mean, I. I don't have a problem necessarily with like her being in trouble if she really did something wrong. I have not looked into the crypto thing in particular. Mm. Some people say it was like actually a scam. I, who knows? I don't know. Like, who cares? Um, we can live in a world full of scams. <laughs> the FEC should go look at Wall SEC. Street stuff. 
Um, Didn't they say SEC? I thought you said FEC. Uh, Whatever. Um, So, but, you know, so I have no problem necessarily with her getting fined. I think that, I think that it's just interesting, like, how they make hay off of it and try and make themselves famous for going after somebody famous and getting it in the news, you know? Yeah, it's, it's gross. It's the self-aggrandizement yep, that bothers is. me a lot. Yeah. Like, and if that's going to be the new template, is that everybody is woke in every position, everybody prioritizes, uh, you know, getting earned media and brand building for themselves. It's like, holy hell, man. They, I would pine for the old days where there were I was actually some honor in some quarters of government. And maybe that's all gone. Maybe it's all gone. Hey, Tom and Alice, Mike and Groveland here. Hi, Mike. Uh, about the uh, gay rom-com movie that um, failed miserably due to home, uh, homophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps someone should tell the director about a movie called Brokeback Mountain, which I looked this up real quick, came out in 2005, made uh, about $170 million on a $14 million budget. So it was a massive success. And I believe the plot revolved around um, gay cowboys. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. the movie's actually gotten some criticism from woke quarters, too. For one thing, some people have complained that it's, like, too white, cis, male-oriented. Oh, isn't, isn't it enough- just enough that, the, that that movie sucks? Can't that be enough? <laughs> yeah, and there there have been some other people who've made note of some problems with it, that, like, it's trying too hard to be, like, the, gay, the gay rom-com, so it's, like, Sorry, not... Cop- so there, it's not really like focused on the story of the right. characters falling in love, which is generally like what you look for in a rom com. I mean, there, and that's the whole thing. It's like you don't force people to to lie about something because it's gay. Just like Brokeback Mountain, in my opinion, it's like don't force me to pretend that this cowboy movie is good. It's it's just a, a gay love story. Like it, it really. It but like there are other things like uh, the show. Um, Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was a great show. And the gay couple in the show was hilarious. And one of the reasons they were is that they poked fun at themselves. Right. You know, they were being, we were allowed to, during that show, laugh at them. And laugh with them, but laugh at them, too. Same with Will and Grace, you know? Right. Because it was great writing, and they were put and made to look as absurd as anybody else. We mm-hmm. weren't being lectured to. Well, right. I mean, did you see the part of his Twitter rant, Billy Eichner's Twitter rant, where he said that he snuck into a theater uh, and everybody was laughing and having a great time and it was a really good movie and it has great reviews and everybody loves it and it's definitely a good movie. So the only possible explanation must be that it's homophobic. Like, calm down. Well, here's the other thing, and this goes back to kind of what something was Kirk was saying, is that I don't know that Billy Eichner would need to sneak into a theater. (laughs) <laughs> I think you probably go in without a hat, and if it, if it's me, I don't Leave know. Leave your I will, fake mustache at yeah, home. Yeah, I don't not know who he is. Huh. You know this theme song? Mm-mm. Okay, is this the Dick Van Dyke? Um, Doctor, um, the, the Dick Matt. Lo- it's Matt. Lo- no, that's not. That's not Dick Van Dyke. It's Matt. Lo- the Dick Van Dyke one here, where he's a private detective. I don't know it. Or Murder, She Wrote, no? I don't know. I do like it. It's a TV theme song. Let me try that. Dick Van Dyke Show. Dick Van Dyke TV 
I don't know old TV. Theme. It's this theme is not old. Like it's from like the nineties. Yeah, that's old. Uh, I know, but he's he's also he was doing stuff in the fifties yeah, too. That's so that's thirty like, years ago. What was that? Sh- Diagnosis murder. Okay, maybe this is it. Is this long running, light hearted series of Dick Van Dyke's most successful show? It doesn't sound like it. Yeah, I think you're off. Scott Bayo's in this. Hmm. Maybe. Could be. No, I, that's not it. Dang it. I don't know what that is. I don't know either. I'm like, sorry. We're, we're sound hound when we need him. Thank you. It's a great song, I can tell you that. It reminds me of when remember when we were into that song? Midnight in Moscow. Moscow nights. Yes. Yeah. Oh, here he is, the bad boy of the burn barrel. Oh, watch out. What am I gonna say? Ooh. It's gonna am I gonna swear? Oh, what's he gonna say? He is a bad boy of the nah, burn barrel. Mm-hmm. Swear. Anyway, um I was just wondering how you and Alice are doing and um if you've uh seen this thing about uh Jordan Peterson and uh the Olivia Wilde thing where he gets uh, emotional. When he All right. Is this with Piers Morgan the uh, maybe? Um well he gets asked like about being the leader of the incels or whatever and he's he like tears up because he's like, "Well, yeah, if I can like I think it be is a, with Piers Morgan. The, uh, you know, if I can be an inspiration to them or whatever, you know, he's pleased about it, obviously. I like Jordan Peterson. Um, he he's gets moved by being called yeah, the king of the He insult. gets emotional fairly frequently, so I get no problem with that. I, I, I identify. I'm a crier. I cry at everything, so. Yeah, sure. And if he's, I mean, he's a guy who's, he really emotes. He really digs deep for explanations and answers. He's rather frantic um, in, in interviews, I feel, in a good way. Oh, that's the old open to the song. Bring back the music. Jesus, pay your royalties. Put that freaking parking meter lamp out front and scroll some change and pay the goddamn whoever you have to pay to get the music back. I don't know. The cold open was cool for like a day, but I missed I miss the music. Bring back the bumper. Alice? Pay the lady. <laughs> Alice, I don't think so, we should bring back the music. What is the reason we can't bring back the music? Uh, we don't own it, right? And thus, I don't care if we don't own it naturally. But what is the downside of us not owning it? What happens? Um, I mean, well, any of these places that host our podcast could just take them down. Okay. So we're worried. But also, they're going to notice more, especially if we're selling ads. But you, you're not allowed to do it anyway, technically. Yeah, I know. But I mean, there is some kind of fee you can pay pay for some. Yeah, but you have to personally go and negotiate it and get their permission. No, no, no. There is a you can get like an ask. It's a mechanical license. It's what you need. Well, there, you, there's some kind of uh, podcasters ask cap thing. <sighs> Doesn't sound clean, does it? <sighs> We'll get on that. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, th- I think that we need to have it clean or else we're going to – a bunch of these are going to get stricken if we move – or when we move platforms, which we're trying to do. But we'll have more news on that in the future. Hi. Steve from Aramac. Hey, Steve. So 
according to Billy Eichner, the fact that I saw the trailer for his movie and deemed it something I had no interest in mm-hmm. makes me a homophobic weirdo. But <laughs> does he understand that if it was a straight romantic comedy mm-hmm. with, like, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in their prime, I wouldn't pay a dime to see that either. Right. The, the list of movies I don't want to see that Hollywood is putting out is basically <laughs> endless. I'm a huge Ridley Scott guy. Do you know how many of his movies I've blown off after for the last 30 years? I don't care. I have a 100-inch television in my house, okay? It's better than going to the movies. And I've got Sonos, Wolf. So, F you, Billy Eichner. Thank you. <laughs> you get Sonos, did he say? Yeah. What's that? Must be some kind of sound system. Oh. I don't know. So, um, so yeah, I'm right there. And I generally, um, I agree. But isn't it funny that Billy Eichner, because his special, is he gay? Yeah. Because his special intersectionality points, he's especially aggrieved if you don't see his movie. You have to. Isn't yeah. that so 2022? It's like a lot of straight people did not show up for this. Like, oh, sorry. Like, I didn't Wait a second. Know. You're not allowed to do that. Jeez. Thank you so much. Uh, Morgan says he'll write a bumper. You're going back to the music? Ooh. I'm going back to this right now. I got to, you know, Danny speaks out. We owe the guy, uh, you know. A, a okay. Song. And this one, if we're not selling ads, we can actually play this one. This one is a Creative Commons it's one. It's a Creative one, Commons one, but it's not a... You're, it's not a for profit license, but it may have been genetically altered by me too. Hmm. Interesting. C'est la vie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.